The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So one of the wonderful things about uh, wise speech is that it's going on all the time, every day, inside you and outside of you. So you get many, 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 many opportunities to practice. And um, so what I wanted to introduce to you um, in this next little piece is uh, some practices that Andrea Fella um, introduced uh, throughout the years to her daily life practice group. So she's one of the two guiding teachers here, and she has this wonderful um, daily life practice uh, work that she does and teaching that she does. And um, she has these guidelines that are really great practices for wise and mindful speech. So first of all, um, I'm going to invite you just to take a minute to reflect after I read this. um, These four unhelpful types of speech, false speech, divisive speech, harsh speech, and idle chatter, do you have a tendency towards any one of those patterns in your speech in particular, or or multiple patterns. So just take a couple minutes and notice that for yourself. You, You can just reflect. As you're noticing, are there specific situations where you tend to engage in any of those patterns? sometimes if you think about patterns of interaction uh, with others or with yourself, then it will come to you, oh yeah, when I'm with that person, I tend to engage in false speech. Or when I'm with that group of people, that's when divisive speech comes up for me. Or harsh speech when I'm triggered by, you know, this situation. Or idle chatter when I'm kicking back with my friends or any of those situations. So just take a minute or two and just notice that for yourself. Which of those patterns? And then as you go through the next month, using those four types of wise speech that Chris just spoke about as as guidelines or practices for the month. You'll, you'll probably notice, this is a practice where you have to be very patient with yourself, you will notice times when you are not engaging in wise speech. It may be just internally or it may be externally. Either or both. Um, and when you notice that, this is when you can practice right intention and bring kindness and compassion to yourself. Maybe letting go of your own harsh speech towards yourself about the fact that you had harsh speech. <laughs> so gently just reminding yourself to keep coming back to it. Many, many, many opportunities to keep coming back to it. And if it's needed, you know, sometimes we may snap at someone or we're really hard on ourselves. Um, If it's needed, make amends or, you know, apologies or acknowledge, oh, I'm so sorry, I flew off the handle. I didn't really mean to be quite that sharp. Whatever it is, 
that can help you just come back to being kind about right speech. So in a few minutes, as after I describe these uh, guidelines, you're going to get a chance to practice them. And I'll have a handout for each group that has this full description. Um, Chris will also email it to you after the class. So you will have this so you don't have to drive yourself crazy uh, making notes right now. But the guideline, while we're, we're going to engage in practicing this in dyads, the first thing in wise speech that's useful is to see if you can pause before speaking. Here you can pause as long as you need to before you say something. That gives you an opportunity to catch that you have an intention to speak and maybe even what you are intending to say. So it can reinforce that ability to continue with right speech as you're speaking, to take a pause and really center yourself on your intention. Now, out in the world, it can be very difficult to do this in certain conversations. So some people over the years have reported to us in their workplace, if you don't jump right in there and start talking, you will lose the opportunity to be in the conversation. So there is a really lovely practice from nonviolent communication that you can use in that situation, which is to rephrase or paraphrase what you just heard uh, as a way to slow down the conversation so that you can be ready for understanding your own intention. By the way, this is a great way to help other people feel like you really did hear them too. And it's something like this. As I understand what you just said, X and Y. So if you remember to do that, you know, you give them the feedback that you you got it, you understood them. You have time to formulate your intention for what you're going to say in response and to be more conscious of it, to be mindful for those moments of speech. So this first one, pause before speaking. Second guideline, take a moment to recognize whether you know what you're about to say. (laughs) <laughs> and, wh- and what's the motive, or at least, what's the motivation behind? So, you know, when, if you think about it, when you tend to immediately react to something and say something immediately, you know, w- what is the motivation in moments like that? It's often a strong emotion. And sometimes those, um, those strong emotions, you know, they could be useful. I love you. Or they could be very unuseful. <laughs> you know, and create harsh or divisive speech. Um, If you can notice your motivation or what you're about to say, then you have that split second to decide whether you actually should say it out loud or not. Very important. So this is where, using the Buddhist guidelines, is it uh, honest? Is it beneficial? Is it timely? I'll bet everybody in this room has had an occasion where they've said something absolutely the right thing at absolutely the wrong time. So it's useful to take a moment to recognize the motivation. And then, you know, you can figure out whether it's going to be honest, beneficial, timely. And you have a choice at that moment. When you pause and and you have this recognition of your motivation, sometimes that's a good time to, so, so as they say, bite your tongue. 
It's a good time to go, whoa, I don't think I'm going to say that after all. So number one, see if you can pause when you, uh, before you speak. Number two, take a moment to notice your motivation. What's behind what you're about to say? Third, and by the way, these happen in various sequences with various people. So if, you know, you can just use this sequence to practice, but you may find different things. But connect with your body. I mean, that may be the first thing that you're doing while you're taking the pause, but c- take the time to connect with your body. So this grounds you in what's going on in here, including uh, physical sensations of tension or relaxation or, you know, uh, tightness or, and then the emotions that go with them. So if you take a moment to connect with your body, you often are also recognizing the physical manifestations of emotional states or attitudes and then you can stay connected to your body while you are speaking so taking that moment to connect you can actually still feel your physical sensations and how your body is while you're speaking so number one pause before speaking number two take a moment to recognize your motivation number three connect with your body the fourth idea is to, and this is to get really simple about those emotional states, just track whether you're agitated or not agitated as you speak. So that simple kind of very basic division will tell you a lot about your emotional state. If you're agitated, chances are there's some kind of strong emotion behind, you know, that's about to motivate your speech. Um, If you're not agitated, maybe it's a state of calm or a state from which you are ready to speak. But just notice which one it is. So you're going to pause before speaking, take a moment to recognize your motivation, connect with your body, and track while you're speaking, just track whether you're agitated or not agitated. And by the way, they can become, right? You can start out not agitated, and the more you talk about it, the more worked up you get. Or you can start out with a high level of energy and as you speak, become calmer. So it's also, it's not one way or the other. It's often a shifting while you're speaking. So um, those are the four basic practices. As I said, I'll give you handouts. But then there's another whole part of this. And that is that while you are uh, in a diet or in a group of people engaging in conversation or with yourself, to yourself, it's really great to explore mindful listening. If you can really notice the content of what other people are saying and really listen well, it is beautiful in terms of what it provides to your relationship with the other person because people are craving to be heard, to really be fully heard and understood. And by the way, if we slow down enough, often these semantic disagreements that people have, that apparent disagreements, are really not there if you really understand what the person's saying. So if you listen very carefully um, and stay connected with both the content of what they are saying and your experience of that. So, you know, usually they're saying something and part of you can also be in touch with 
okay, what's going on inside me as I hear this? So as we do this practice we're about to do in a few minutes, this is a great time to do this. You can listen wholeheartedly to the other person and then notice how this registers in your heart, your body, your mind. You can just notice what's going on inside of you as they share. It's just the common cold of communication in this culture that people tend to, the minute somebody starts speaking about something, they're preparing their response already. They're no longer listening and thinking about what is actually, what is a person actually saying? They're busy thinking, oh, and I'm going to say this, either in the sense of like, oh yeah, me too, or absolutely not, or some variant. So I'm sure you can probably find that in your experience, that there have been times when you've been, uh, or you're, you're in a group of people and they're sharing one by one and instead of listening to the five people before you, you're thinking the whole time about what you're going to say. So it's the common cold and um, it's one that you can cure by listening carefully to what other people are saying and noticing what's going on inside yourself, mindfully. Stay, staying present. The other thing that you get to do in this practice is to explore silence. So there's as much content, as much mindfulness in being in the quiet as there is in being in all the verbiage. And, you know, we often tend to think of a conversation as like a ping-pong match, back, forth, back, forth. And we don't often think about silence as an option in a conversation. But there's a great little practice that um, I think I first did in... I think I did it before I went to uh, grad school. I think I did it when I was a volunteer at uh, CARA, the Grief Support Service, in their training they had they suggested that you go home and during the week uh have a when somebody called you on the phone a friend called you on the phone i think it was spend 3 to 5 minutes of that conversation completely silent just listening to the other person or do it in person it's remarkably hard to do but really beneficial the other person may comment on it so you may want to uh you you could or could you could let them know or not but sometimes it's useful not to let them know you're doing that and just to see what comes up in you as you hold the silence while listening to another person. Um, Gill makes this suggestion that we could always reflect, does what I plan to say improve on the silence? <laughs> that, you know, by the time you really process that, you get into silence. <laughs> it's really a useful guideline. So, when we do this exercise and throughout your month, again, don't think of these things as rules so much as a way to play. Play. Enjoy it. Play with mindful speech. You know, explore with what helps you, particularly as you use these practices that Andrea came up, Andrea, sorry, I'm always mispronouncing your name, but um, as you use these practices, explore which things particularly help you and, and even get creative with it. You may find that there are things that help you 
with mindful speech that are not on this list. Um, And if you find it nearly impossible to do these exercises throughout your day, welcome to the human race. And um, you could see if there's someone who could uh, be willing to deliberately practice with you during the week. So you might, a friend or a partner or a Dharma buddy, just, you know, a couple times during the week, sit down and have a conversation where you're really consciously trying to do these exercises. So this is something to enjoy because you're going to be enjoying it probably for some years to come, um, externally and internally. So just, I'll give these handouts, you know, each group can, each dyad, oh boy, do we even have enough for each dyad? I may have to make more. Oh yeah, I definitely need to make more copies. So um, those of you who took notes, Chris will will do that for us. Thank you. So um, those of you who took notes can also share those. But pause before speaking. Check your intention. Connect with your body and track your body while you're speaking. Um, Exercise mindful listening to the other person's content and to what's going on inside of you while you're listening. And use some silence. Silences and listening are always welcome. So um, the breakout is going to be to find one other partner. So we're going to break into dyads. So feel free to spread out into the hall, into the conference room, outside. And we're going to take a good, um, let me see if I'm on time here. Yeah, we're going to be able to take an entire half hour for this practice. And it's going to be a free-form discussion. So you get to talk about any topic of the Eightfold Path or your life that's up for you. could be anything we've covered so far, or any discoveries, or it could just be something about your life. And it's going to be a back-and-forth conversation, like a normal conversation you would have. But... Please allow yourself to take plenty of time. You know, you can take a good long pause to get yourself ready. Unlike the kind of ping pong match that most conversations are, here you've got some very kind people who are willing to take their time and you take your time to do this practice together. So please find a partner. And um, if you want a handout to remind yourself of the guidelines that Andrea has for the purpose of your dyad, please come up and I'll give you what I've got. One per dyad. Maybe find your partner and then one of you come up and get them. Sorry to be back and forth with my instructions. <laughs>